to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So we're going to continue on in our sermon series on Advent, the theme of Advent. Uh, We've been on this series now for three weeks, and so this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We've been talking about this since the first, but what we've done each week is open up the Book of Common Prayer, the Sunday lectionary, and we've read the same exact passage of Scripture as millions of other Christians all over the world on the exact same day. So that's what I'm doing today. Uh, We have been in the Book of Luke for the entire Advent series, and so we're going to stay in the Book of Luke, but instead of Luke 3, we're going to throw it back here to Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, please open it up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be reading 10 verses of Scripture to kick off, but if you are feeling excited about this passage, let me give you some homework. Read the following um, about eight verses of Scripture this afternoon, because Mary puts together a wonderful praise and worship song after the story that we're going to read today, okay? So Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 49. If you guys don't mind, let's stand up and honor God's Word and read aloud all together as a family. You guys ready? You guys excited this morning? I don't know if you're excited enough. This, this, honestly, I think this is going to be my favorite sermon series conclusion. I even told David, bring the organ. Bring the heat, baby, because this is the grand finale. Are you guys ready? Look at somebody say Merry Christmas. All right, let's read together, church. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now, this is John the Baptist's parents, all right? And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Let's read that last sentence one more time. I just want to read that last sentence one more time. It's so good. I mean, you should shout it right now over your own soul. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You need to, where it says she, put your name in there. And blessed is Lyle who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to him from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate 
of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So I want to talk to you guys from the topic of carrying a word from God to completion. All right, that's the title of the message today, carrying a word from God to completion. Lord, speak to us. That's what we pray today. Thank you, God, for all of the words you have spoken to us, the prophetic words that have been sown into our spirit. God, we declare today that each and every one of us is going to walk out of this place carrying a word from God, and we will see it manifest in our lives, and we will have an amazing 2022 in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have a word? Anybody in here with a word? It's like four people. Anybody in here with a word? Uh, anybody in here, God ever spoke to you before about something you were called to do with him? Anybody in here ever received a prophetic word before where somebody prayed for you and ministered to you and they said, this is what God has to say over your life? Well, one of the things I've noticed as I've gotten older is it's far too easy for some to abandon the word of the Lord over their life. They're thinking to themselves, man, God did speak to me when I was 12. You know, somebody did prophesy to me when I was 22. You know, God did speak to me in the prayer closet that one time in my 30s, but nothing has happened yet, therefore I give up. So if you've ever been in that place before or you find yourself in that season today battling discouragement and disappointment that the words of God in your life have yet to come to pass, I want to provide you with some fuel for your endurance to carry the word of God like Mary in your spiritual womb full term. To not abort the promises too soon but to carry the word of God to completion and see it living, breathing, and active in your life. Now, uh, in order to really tell this story well, we, we kind of have to rewind the tape a little bit and look at the preceding verses of Scripture in Luke chapter 1 because the story unfolds with Mary going in haste. Did you guys see that little detail there? Listen, the Bible is so intentional about every little word that's there. And so it says that Mary goes in haste. That means she was in a hurry. She's going to her friend's house. She's going to her cousin's house. She's going to Elizabeth's house. Why is she going in haste? Well, she's going out to the countryside, the Bible says, which is about a three to four day journey, maybe 80 to 100 miles. And she's in a hurry. Why? Because she has just had one of the most craziest, significant, weirdest, wildest encounters with an archangel named Gabriel that a human being could ever possibly experience. You guys remember that story, right? Where Gabriel shows up and he begins to speak to Mary, a few details from that encounter. You have Mary, who is a teenage girl, who is unmarried and a virgin. Now, she is engaged to a man named Joseph. I know you guys know the Christmas story. But when she has this encounter with this angel Gabriel, she's greatly troubled, is what the Bible teaches us, right? It's like, what? Are you serious? 
God, you sent an angel to show up to me in the middle of the wilderness? I am a nobody, and I am from nowhere. I am simply an unwed teenage bride-to-be. There's nothing necessarily special about her except for her lineage, which we may be able to see that somebody somewhere along the way was praying and prophesying over their great-great-granddaughter that would live 2,000 years ago. Now, I bring that up because for those of you mamas and daddies in here that were just celebrating your kids singing those Christmas songs, pray, prophesy, and speak the word of the Lord over their kids. Because although they may seem or feel or think that they are a nobody from nowhere, God has greater plans for them, and he personally wants to send angels to them, he personally wants to speak to them, and he wants to fill them with a word from heaven that they will bring to completion in their lives. So, so you, see, you see Mary, she's this teenager, she's like, I don't even know what this means. You're showing up, you're telling me I have favor, and Gabriel tells Mary, you're going to become pregnant. She's like, hold on. That's impossible. I've never slept with a man. It's impossible that I become pregnant. But Gabriel says, no, no, you're going to have a boy. His name's going to be Jesus. He's going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the Christ. And here's how you're going to get pregnant. The power of God and the Holy Spirit is going to move on your body, and you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God. Gabriel also mentions Elizabeth, which maybe that's exactly why she went with so much haste to her cousin's house. But he says, you know, Elizabeth, your family member, your friend, was barren, right? She was unable to conceive. She was barren. But let me announce to you, Mary, that your friend, your family member, is now also pregnant as well. It's a cool detail, I think. And then you see Mary respond with what I think is the best possible response to receiving a word from God. She says, God... So be it unto me according to your word. She turns the surrender switch on. She says yes to carrying a word from God despite the fact that that's gonna get her rejected and marginalized and gossiped about and, you know, all kinds of people looking at her funny. She's unmarried, now she's pregnant. And so she's, I mean, I think it's safe to say she's probably like freaking out. Have you ever had an encounter with an angel? You'd freak out too. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You ever had an encounter with God that's so unexplainable that as soon as you leave your prayer closet, the first thing you do is drive over to your friend's house? You're like, help me make sense of what just happened in my world. You ever been in a church service? God moved on you so strong. You got out to the parking lot. You picked up your phone. You called your dad. You called somebody like a trusted friend. And you're like, dude, you are not gonna believe what God just said to me. And you're thinking to yourself, maybe that wasn't God because that was so crazy. Maybe I imagined it. Maybe I ate some bad pizza last night. Maybe something weird is going on with me. Maybe I need to go see a doctor, right? You look for a trusted friend to talk to, and that's why Mary gets up, goes in haste, the Bible says, goes in haste. So you have to know this, that she's not showing yet. All right, that's an important detail because when you see what happens when she arrives at Elizabeth's house, it's pretty interesting. So we might be able to say, hey, okay, Mary, she's not really that significant person, and yet God chooses her to carry a word from him. You may be thinking to yourself, I'm not really that significant of a person, but can I tell you today, church, God has chosen you. Look at your neighbor, say, yes, you. God has chosen you 
I know it's Christmas, but y'all have to get with me a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, you. God has chosen you, receive it, to carry a word from him. Each and every one of us are impregnated with a word from God. It's true. Now, although Mary was not unique, her response was, because she could have just said, I'm good. No thanks, Lord. But she completely yielded to the word of God. She completely surrendered and said yes to carrying a word from God. And not everybody says yes. Not everybody says yes. In fact, I think that quite a number of us, we either say no or we just don't respond at all. Like, we know that we know. We've had an encounter from the Lord on Sunday, but on Monday, we're talking ourselves out of it on the way to work. That wasn't really God. I don't think that's what I'm called to carry. I don't think that that's what I'm called to do. I don't think I can give up the things required in order to see that word come to fruition in my life. So Mary says yes. She's like, yes. I'm not saying no. I'm saying yes. So be it unto me according to your word. Now, we don't know that Mary was doing anything to prepare to receive the word of God in her life. All we really know about her is some of that family history, which means maybe some parents prayed for her or something like that. But whatever she was doing prior to this encounter with God was enough to make the decision to say yes when God spoke, all right? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is point one. If you're gonna carry a word from God to completion, number one, you've got to prepare to carry the word of God by deciding now that you'll say yes to him no matter what he asks. All right, write this down. Prepare to carry your word from God by deciding now. Everybody say now. now. You'll say yes to him no matter what he asks. I know some people who won't pray because they're afraid of what God might say. I know some people who won't read the Bible because they don't want to be held responsible for what they've read. But listen, if you come to church enough, if you hang around enough, if you're seeking God enough, I can guarantee he's going to show up and he's going to offer you a word. He say, are you going to carry this word to completion? Our responsibility in that equation is to do exactly what Mary did. So be it unto me according to your word. Listen, God never makes a demand where he has not made a deposit. If he's asking you to do something crazy, he knows what he's put in you. He's put the grace in your life. He's put the anointing on your life. He's, he's, he's put an impartation in your spirit. He knows what you're capable of carrying. He's not going to put more on you than you can bear. If God says, listen, here's the word of God over your life, you have what it takes to carry that word to completion. You do. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that in just a minute, but God has a deep desire to speak to you, and I want to ask you a real question today. Do you have a deep desire to be obedient? Do you have a deep desire to say yes to God? Are you so in love with Jesus yet that it's always yes? It's always yes. Are you so obsessed with the King of Kings that each and every little thing he asks you, it's always yes? Or, 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 or do you argue back with him and say, well, that's not really a matter of salvation, or I don't really see that in the Bible, or, or, or are you in, in love with him so much so that not everything has to be biblical, some things are relational, now, I'm not saying the Bible doesn't speak truth to these issues and doesn't talk about, you know, the effects of sin in our life, 
But I know people who will defend their own position against God trying to use the scripture, which is exactly what the devil did in Genesis 1, and it's exactly what the devil did when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. He used God's word to try to get him to disobey. There is sometimes, I'm telling you, God will speak to you about little things. You'll be like, that's not, that's not a heaven or hell issue. No, it's a relationship issue. It's an intimacy issue. And God wants to know, are you gonna say yes to him? Or are you gonna fight and argue whenever he is trying to work in your life? So, we're, go, we're going deep already, aren't we? Okay. He wants to speak to you. I mean, do you love Jesus enough to say, yes, Lord? Because Jesus said himself very plainly, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So it's one thing for us to say, man, I'm a Christian, I really love the Lord, but what do you do when God speaks to you? If the answer is always no, you don't actually love the Lord. That's what Jesus said. I'm not, I'm not trying to scream at you. I'm that's what Jesus said. This is what love looks like in my kingdom, that when I speak as the Lord, you say yes. I love you so much, I say yes. Because even when it's hard, I know you have my best interest in mind. So that's, that's Mary. She's, she's pregnant, she's unmarried. And because of her yes, she's no longer gonna be accepted by the culture. And even though she's done a good thing, she's not gonna be celebrated for it. And isn't that how it goes? Whenever you say yes to God, you do a good thing, but you're not celebrated for it. Often, this is what it feels like to carry a word from God, doesn't it? It's a word, but it can feel like a weight. I think the, 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 the old timers, they call it a burden. I'm carrying a burden. I'm carrying this burden from the Lord, right? You're carrying a word, but sometimes it feels like a weight. It's, I mean, listen, the word can make you weird. You ever met somebody that just had an encounter? They're weird. They're kind of strange. They make no sense because they have seen something from another realm and they're doing their best to articulate it. They're kind of strange. That's what it looks like to carry a word from God. When you say yes to God, some people will say no to staying in relationship with you. They'll say, no, I don't want to run with you anymore. When you accept God, here's the reality, church, people will reject you. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? You're going to be rejected. If you'll follow me, if you'll say yes to me, and you'll accept me, then people are going to reject you. So when Mary's in this place of being misunderstood, she goes to her cousin, Elizabeth. And this is point number two, so please write this down as well. When you receive a word from God, quickly find your Elizabeths. These are trusted friends that will confirm and celebrate God's word, not critique and condemn it. Can I ask you today, church, who is your Elizabeth? Who's those trusted friends that whenever you're like, I just got a word from God, they're like, that's crazy, that's bananas, that's bizarre, that's weird. I believe you. Let's go. Hallelujah. Yes and amen. You know what I'm saying, right? And they'll hold you accountable to that word too. That's a real Elizabeth in your life. It's not somebody you share a prophetic word with and they're like, oh yeah, that's great. And then when they see you abusing, you know, the destiny that God has put on your life, they just ignore it. No, I'm talking about people who will remind you and hold you accountable, not just to staying out of sin, but hold you accountable to your destiny. Hey, remember, God spoke that over you when you were 21 in that ministry school. Hey, remember, God spoke that over you 
at presence people. Hey, remember, you testified of that encounter that you had, and God told you this was a word from him, and you're carrying it. Come on, let's carry it through to completion. Elizabeth was so excited to see her friend Mary, but something more than emotions were stirred up, and that's what we read. Something happened in the spirit of Elizabeth. Get this, something even happened in her unborn son, John the Baptist. In the same way David leaped before the ark of God, John the Baptist is now leaping before God's son. This is one way all throughout the Bible we see people responding to the presence of God. They leap. Honestly, that's what the Bible says. It says that my people, get this, will be like calves leaping out of a stall. I don't know if you guys grew up on a farm, but let me tell you, I know they're excited when they get let out. That's one of the ways that we respond to the presence of God. And Mary, she's, she's so excited. But the Bible says her spirit starts to leap. And guess what? Even her unborn child begins to leap. This is where the Bible teaches us that even children who are unborn can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to get in an argument or anything like that because I know there's a lot of people arguing about when life begins and things of that nature. But listen, the Bible is clearly telling us here that life is happening in Elizabeth's womb. Life and vitality is happening in Elizabeth's womb to such an extent that it is that the baby is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a prophetic fulfillment, Luke chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, and you will have joy and gladness And many will rejoice at his birth. This is about John the Baptist. For he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get this, even from his mother's womb. Listen, for all the ladies in here are pregnant right now. Some of you guys are going to take a pregnancy test when you get home. (laughs) Uh, Listen, there's a word in your womb. I'm telling you the truth. God wants to speak to you about your unborn children. He wants to baptize them in the Spirit, even in your womb. Elizabeth receives the Holy Spirit, and we see right here, she obviously receives the gift of prophecy. Listen, all the women and women of God in here should be so encouraged by this whole passage. Now, you should be so encouraged, right? I mean, you have Mary, uh, you know, this, this unwed pregnant teenager here, an angel shows up and she's like, so be it unto me according to your word. And then you have Elizabeth who was barren, who's now become pregnant, who gets filled with the Holy Spirit at the sound of her friend's voice. Her unborn son is baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now she's anointed with the gift of prophecy and she starts speaking forth words of knowledge. This is pretty amazing. You'll never read this the same way again, will you? Elizabeth receives the Holy Spirit as well as the gift of prophecy. Now, I want you to just consider for a second, look what being filled by the Holy Spirit can do. Elizabeth knows that Mary is pregnant despite the fact that Mary is not showing. She couldn't be showing because she'd just become pregnant and it only took her three to four days to get there. And yet before Mary tells her about the encounter, Elizabeth begins to prophesy. God's word bears witness in the spirit of Mary's friend. Elizabeth confirms and celebrates doesn't critique and condemn, but confirms and celebrates the word of God to Mary. All of this is done by the Spirit. None of this is done by the flesh. 
And Elizabeth in your life is a spiritually minded friend, not a fleshy friend. Not fake, not flaky, not fleshy. A fake, flaky, fleshy friend that is not actually an Elizabeth will either do one of two things. They're going to write you off when you say you got a word from God, or they're going to gas you up out of the wrong motives. Fleshy friends have no real discernment. They may pretend to celebrate, but what you need is somebody who is willing to carry the word alongside of you. That's what you need. Fleshy friends can't carry words with you because they themselves are barren. God showed up to them and they keep saying no. They won't say yes to God, but they try to stay around people who will. Elizabeth is not a fleshy friend. She's a spiritual friend, and she had no time to compete because she had her own word to carry. Catch this. She was just as pregnant as Mary was. She wasn't over there looking like, oh, um, oh, you got a word? You always get a word. No, she had said yes to her own word. She was like, oh, you got a word? Me too. That's an Elizabeth. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm happy for you. I'm going to celebrate that word. I'm not going to condemn you because I got my own word. I don't have to compete with you because I got my own word. I'm carrying my own word to completion. Holy Spirit's come upon me as well. We're going to run together. I'm, I'm your Elizabeth. You're my Mary. We're, we're friends. We're family in the spirit. These, this is who Elizabeths are in our lives. And the Bible says Elizabeth begins to cry out, which is actually one of the things that Old Testament prophets do. And if we remember through looking at John the Baptist, he does all this stuff that Old Testament prophets do which is very interesting because if you'll remember the history, her dad, Zechariah, has actually mute. You know why? Because he had the surrender switch off. But his wife had it on. So I just want to say, maybe John the Baptist didn't get his prophetic gift from his daddy. Maybe John the Baptist got his prophetic gift from his mama. This is a word for the women in the room. You know, don't think, oh, everything has to come through dad. Well, some things will come through dad. It's a guarantee. But listen, women, do not discount the power and the potential and the prophetic destiny that's resting upon your womb to speak life over your kids and to see those things come to pass. If they watch you cry out, they will too. If they watch you pray, they will too. If they watch you dance, they will too. If they watch you leap before the presence of God, they will too. Don't neglect it. And even whenever you think you're getting on their nerves, do it more. Do it more. I used to make fun of my mom worshiping all the time. I'm serious. Because she always used to say the same thing over and over again. I'm like, Mom, don't you have another thing to say? (laughs) Me and my brothers, why do you keep saying that? Because she always said the same thing. Mighty God. Mighty God. But you know what? Now, when I start worshiping, you know what I do? Mighty God, yes, yes. That's true. So Elizabeth, she's, she's now given this word of knowledge, right? She's like, blessed are you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed are you. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Doesn't this sound exactly like the confirmation of what the angel had already said? He said, Mary, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You see, Elizabeth is now confirming the word. Write this down, point three. When you receive a word from God, you receive favor from God. 
Obedience increases favor. I know a lot of people are confused because they can't figure out why they're not blessed. Are you being obedient? Or are you ignoring the word of God that he's trying to implant into your spirit? I, I, don't know, I, got, I seem to have a favor problem. No, you have an obedience problem. Listen, I can guarantee you this. You will never wrestle for favor so long as you say yes to him. You will never have to worry about blessing when you're obedient. You will never have to stress over favor so long as you're submitted. That's the key. Obedience is the gateway that opens up the door to God favor in your life. You ain't seen favor like the favor of obedience. You haven't seen blessing like the blessing of obedience. I'm telling you, there is so much blessing attached to your obedience. However, on the other side, if you want to stay stagnant, just do nothing. Just say no. Just ignore the word of the Lord. There is no trick to favor. Favor comes when you say yes. Surrender is the gateway to favor. Here's how you grow in favor and blessing. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. You want to grow in favor? Respond that way when God speaks to you. If you think you're blessed now and you only say no to God, watch what happens when you start saying yes to carrying a word from God. Yet the blessing on your life will be enormous. It may look like a weight to culture. It may look like a burden to the undiscerning, but it's actually glory from God. Never forget that the same word for weight is the same word for glory in Hebrew. Whenever you receive a word from God, yeah, it's gonna feel like carrying a weight, but know this, you're carrying glory. You ever been pregnant before, women? It's gonna feel like carrying a weight, but know this, you're carrying glory. It's gonna hurt your back a little bit. You're gonna have some problems. You're gonna have some cravings. You're gonna be, you know, all kinds of weird and jacked up. My wife was eating tortilla chips in the middle of the night in the bed. I remember just, you know, it's all kinds of weird stuff happening. That's what happens when you receive a word from God. Sometimes it seems unexplainable, but what looks like a weight, know this, it's a word and it's glory. To carry a word from God, you're going to need all these things. You got to say yes. You're going to need some good people around you. You're going to need God's grace and favor because there's going to come a day that you're going to want to give up. But y'all remember that Journey song? Don't stop believing. When you want to give up on a word from God, just start singing that over your own spirit. Don't stop. Luke chapter 1, verse 45, and blessed is she who believed, this, this is the big verse of the day, and blessed is she and blessed is he who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. God spoke these words over uh, to Mary through Elizabeth, and I, I really believe this, guys, is that God is speaking these words to you through a preacher today. Don't stop believing. God is, God has blessed she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her through the Lord. When God gives you his word, he says, you're blessed. When, when you believe God's word, God says, you're even more blessed. And when you believe that every word from God shall come to completion, you're blessed. You're blessed. Mary, uh, excuse me, many people believe that God can speak and wants to speak some people believe that God will speak, but too few people believe that what God has spoken will, in fact, come to pass. Yeah. Yes. So you kind of have three camps. It's like, yeah, I, I believe God can talk. And then you got, 
yeah, I, 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 I totally believe God has talked. But then the blessing camp is this. It's like, I believe that God has spoken. He will spoken. He wants to speak. He has spoken. He's put a word in me, and every single word that he said is going to come fast. I believe it. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are we reading the same book? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. What does that mean? It shall not return to me empty-handed. Every single thing that God has spoken will come to pass. It shall accomplish what God pleases, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Every word that God has spoken will come to pass. Acts chapter 27, verse 25 says, so take heart, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. What is God's word over your life? What has God prophesied over you? What words have you received from the secret place? Each and every one of those words from God shall be completed. And so it's one thing to receive a word from God, guys, but it's another thing to believe it and hold on to it. What does it mean to believe? Real quick. It means to trust. It, it, it means to be persuaded by God. And it means to be confident in God. This is the Greek word, you guys have heard this before, I'm sure, pistis, which is where we get our word faith, but catch this. This word was used in antiquity to describe a contractual guarantee. So when you say, I have faith in God, it's like signing a contract of guarantee. I have faith in God's word. I have faith in the prophetic word. I have faith in the word that's been implanted. It's like signing a contract to say, I have been persuaded by God, and God gives you that contract to say, nothing is going to break this contract. If you will put your faith, your hope, your trust in me, everything that I have spoken shall come to pass in your life. That's what the term means. God is so good. Not only does, you, does he give you his word, but he gives you faith to believe his word. Now, this is gonna help somebody, so don't check out for the last two minutes, okay? It's gonna help somebody. Not only does God speak to you his word, but God releases faith into your spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, what is faith here? A gift from God. Hold on, wait, I thought faith was hype because that's the way some people believe about faith, right? Um, I thought faith was stirring myself up and getting emotional and getting excited and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, no, faith is not something that we generate within ourselves. Faith is something that we receive from God. You gotta get this, church, because faith is not something that originates in you. Faith is something that originates in him, and he puts it in you. Okay, let me say it like this. You are not responsible for generating your own faith. God clearly says in his word that he will put faith in you, that it's actually a gift. He talks about measures of faith. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse three. I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith 
that God has assigned. Just as God's word is not born in us, neither is faith. Faith is not hype. It's not emotionally produced. It is graciously received. Faith is a gift from God. I'm not saying you don't have to steward the word. I'm not saying you don't have to expose yourself to the presence of God so that you can endure in your faith. Yes, we have to do that, but faith does not originate in you. If you have received a word from God, you have received faith from God. Listen, every word from God in your life comes wearing a backpack full of grace and faith for that word to be accomplished. God never gives a word without giving you faith to see it to completion. Take heart, take hope. You have the faith to see the word come to completion. When God gives you a word, he gives you the faith to hold on to the word. And that's the last point, number four. You have received faith to be faithful. Hold fast to God's word and refuse to let it go. What has God spoken to you? Hold fast to it. Refuse to let it go. One more passage of scripture here. It's a long one, but I just thought it was so good. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations about Abraham. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. Think of that right there. As he had been told. What has God told you? That's how it shall be. He did not weaken in faith when he, when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No, unbelief made him waver. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Isn't that good? That's Romans chapter four, verse 18 through 22. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. Consider your own circumstance. Consider your own uh, situation and make a decision. I have been given faith to be faithful. I am gonna hold fast no matter what my circumstance is telling me. This is where I'm at. Refuse to let your word go. If you've dropped it, pick it up. You've received faith to be faithful. Amen, let's stand. As you guys are standing, if you don't mind, I just ask you to take a moment, just a moment, and close your eyes, bow your heads, and I, I want you to do some personal investigation. Um, what has God spoken to you that you have abandoned? Come on, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit for some help. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, bring a spirit of revelation so that we might discern right now, is there anything that we've just given up on that God truly spoke to us? And whatever that is right now, I want you to make a commitment to hold fast. Go ahead, take, take hold of that thing and receive a fresh measure of faith from the Holy Spirit to see every single word that he's spoken over your life come to pass. You have everything that you need to bring that word to completion. Don't give up. Don't look back move forward. And if you're here in this room today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you are far from God and you'd like to just get honest with God this morning, if you need to be set free and saved, either for the first time 
or you just need to come back to God, you've been far from him, would you just lift your hand right now? I wanna pray with you. Is that anyone in here? And we've been doing this all Christmas season. I think there's been 12 people thus far that have made a decision to follow Jesus, and you can join that number today if you need to. Awesome, awesome, amazing. See a couple hands, so we're gonna pray together as a family. Can we all say, Jesus, Jesus. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my lips that you are Lord. You died for my sins. You were buried, and you resurrected on the third day. You are my king forever and ever. I receive the Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Send me out to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at legacynashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.